0: Block Talk Radio. It's time for the Get
1: Ready Show! Whoa wrestling talk. And that's the bottom line. The flexo.
0: <sighs> this right here is the future of wrestling!
2: And it begins.
3: Gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. We're here tonight to talk about all things going on in the wonderful world of pro wrestling. We come at you each and every Monday night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock, to get you prepared, to get you ready, to get you pumped for Monday Night Raw that's on each and every week on the USA Network at 8 o'clock. So we're going to get you ready for that. Be sure to go over and check us out over there on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Check us out on Twitter. Twitter, our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show, And you can go to our website, TheKenReedyShow.com. Those are your ways to keep in touch with us on the wonderful world of the Internet. As always, we start talking about pro wrestling. Got to bring Dave on board, my tag team partner. Dave, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Uh, ready to get right down to business as usual.
3: Yeah, it's amazing, you know, we just got through this holiday weekend. We we're in December, first show of the month of December, and we we're at the, the end of the year. And with the end of the year comes the end of the year awards and we're gonna lock up the final nominations within this, this next week and our final show of the year. We're gonna give out our awards. But uh as of right now, this is how the nominations are stacking up. Um for the Best Indie Promotion, the promotions HOH, BWO, and CTWE are nominated for the promotion Indie Promotion of the Year. Indie Wrestler of the Year, BWO coming in strong. The BWO peeps getting their voices heard. Preacher, Steve Off, and Ray Ray Mars all nominated for Independent Wrestler of the Year. As far as female wrestlers... Brie Bella, Gail Kim, and AJ are all nominated for Female Wrestler of the Year and Pay-Per-View of the Year. WrestleMania 29, SummerSlam, and Money in the Bank are nominated for Pay-Per-View of the Year. WWE Clean Sweep in that category. So those are your nominations right there. We've got a couple more awards we have to get nominations for. And right now, we're going to be posting on the Facebook page the next category we're going to be garnering nominations for is match of the year. So be sure to get your votes on. Lots of matches to choose from this year. Dave, wondering where our fans are going to vote for this category.
1: I mean, there's so many to choose from. Uh, you know, first first thing that comes to mind, in my opinion, um, is for a match of the year would be, um, be CM Punk Undertaker as good as, as and John Cena and The Rock from WrestleMania 29. Those two matches, but there's so many more. And TNA's had some, some, some great matches. The, uh, the, the, the bully Ray aj Styles match from Bound for Glory. The Kurt Angle-Bobby Rude. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. There's so many matches you could choose from. You know, your, let your voice be heard. If you want this match to be nominated for the Match of the Year category, then come out and vote on the com on Facebook. Go out and vote. Um, I, I could name so many matches that have potential to be Match of the Year. Another one that comes to mind. CM Punk and Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam. What an awesome match that was. Hell, even Christian and Alberto Del Rio had a great match. I would put that in there for a candidate for match of the year. So there's a lot to choose from. Um, I'm just more interested to see where the votes are going to go and uh, how the fans are going to uh, you know, let this one play out.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm curious. I'm curious where the fans are going to go with it. And, you know, this is all on you guys. You guys get your votes in. You know, if you don't like the nominations, it's your own damn fault. Let your voice be heard. It's right now on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. If you don't like the page already, be sure to go over there, like it, and then get your votes in. So we're going to take the top three vote-getters. We'll be on the nomination ballot, and then we'll decide the winners of each award based on the nomination. So get on there right now on the Facebook and vote for the match of the year. It's unbelievable because I cannot believe this year has gone so fast. Uh it really has flown by and it and it's amazing that we're already in the the holiday season and you know coming out of Thanksgiving and I hope everyone out there who listens and supports us, you know, first and foremost, uh, speaking for Dave, we are very thankful that you guys continue to support the show and and call in and get on the Facebook and just it's been, it's been a real fun ride. So thank you uh for your support and uh you know, it it's amazing just it's already 2013, the holiday season, and we, we got there on Facebook, you know, as far as wrestling goes. Hope you all had a great family, traditional Thanksgiving dinner over this, this past week. Uh, and I know in life there's a lot of things to be thankful for, family, friends, loved ones. Um, but we're trying to be a little, a little more juvenile about the whole thankful thing in and, and the world of pro wrestling. Uh, what are you thankful for? And our buddy Mike Ferrara said he's uh, he's thankful for the fact that wrestling has been good this year. And uh, Pat Crowley uh, said that the indie scene is getting real good again. HOH, Extreme Rising, and PWG, for example. So uh, those are some things that some of our fans out there are thankful for in the world of pro wrestling. And you know what, Dave, when I was thinking about this, and I actually was thinking about what I'm thankful for in, in in wrestling, while I was watching uh, some pro wrestling, and it was real interesting when I really sat there and just thought about what I'm thankful for. I, I fought tag team wrestling, and and growing up as a kid, I loved tag team wrestling. And maybe on some levels, we were spoiled, you know, growing up with teams like the Hearts and the the British Bulldogs, LOD, Demolition. The Rockers, even teams like the Killer Bees. I mean, uh, Brutus Beefcake, Greg Hammer Valentine, uh, Nikolai Volkoff, and the Iron Sheik. I mean, you could just go on and on on the, the tag teams uh, that, that we just enjoyed watching. Um, the, the drama, the action, just we, we just it was just great to watch these these great tag teams. Um, it's not too long ago that we were talking about how bad tag team wrestling was i mean we haven't been doing uh this show that long and and we were talking about on this show how tag team wrestling is dead and now with the with the with uh Rhodes and, and gold and the usos the shield the Wyatts, the primetime players the real americans tag team wrestling has had a major resurgence I love the whole idea of tag team wrestling. I wa- I love watching a good tag team match, and it's just really cool to see this genre flourishing right now. We may be entering into another golden age of tag team wrestling, Dave.
1: It's very possible. I mean, you know, we you're, you're right. We were spoiled with tag team wrestling. You know, a lot of the teams that you named, there must have been over, you know, we'll, probably like eight to ten tag teams in you know, in the eighties era and heading into, you know, even the attitude era when you had teams like Q Cool and Edging Christian, the Hardy's the Dudleys, the APA, the Holly Cousins. I mean you, you could go on and on about all the tag teams that have been out there. Um, you know even in W C W when you had Harlem Heat, the Steiners, the Outsiders, um, they, they threw a lot of the luchadores together. Um I could go on, but anyhow, I think we're at a point now when it comes to tag team wrestling where we're starting to see it's on the cusp of it's going to be good again, where it's not going to be forgotten about like like it has been in the past, I'd probably say 10 years or so, at least the past decade, where tag team wrestling has just been an afterthought where – Guys are just thrown together as a team and they don't exactly mesh real well, but they're just giving them something to do. And you throw two teams against each other to have a feud just for the sake of having one. And it just really went nowhere. There wasn't a lot of focus and emphasis on tag team wrestling, um, for the past 10 years. I think that's changed a lot. Um, and I think we're, I, I think we're, like I said, on the cusp of it becoming good again, where it's important, it's not forgotten about. I mean, I said, it a few, I said it a few weeks ago, when Cody Rhodes and Goldust main evented Raw against the Shield for the tag team titles. it brought the tag team division, at least in my opinion, up to another level because the tag team championship main evented a Monday Night Raw, which is a big deal. You, could, you would hardly see the tag team titles even be defended on Monday Night Raw or a pay-per-view. Um, 10 years ago. So for it to be the main event of uh, its weekly television show, a part of a big storyline at that time between the Rhodes Brothers and the Shield and the Authority, it's a big deal, at least in my opinion. I don't know what other wrestling fans think, but I would, I would venture to guess that the majority of them were happy to see that the tag team titles were put in a positive spotlight. I think if you want to progress with the tag team wrestling Nowadays, I think not only do the tag team titles have to show importance, but other tag teams in separate feuds need to show importance. Because when we were watching tag team wrestling in the 80s, the 90s, even early 2000s, Tag team. The tag team titles were always the centerpiece. You had the two teams going after that. You saw other feuds too. I mean, if if in the eighties you saw the Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation have a feud for the tag team titles, you saw Demolition and the the Rockers have a separate feud, or the Twin Towers and. The Rougeos, or whatever you know, I'm just making you know, just spitballing here. But you would see other tag teams have feuds with each other that didn't revolve around the belts. And I think that that's something that, at least from my opinion, from what I saw, because I was at SmackDown last week at at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut, and we saw a lot of guys that were involved in tag teams in separate feuds. Of sort, you know, the titles were on the line. Cody and Goldust. Against the Shield, which then turned into like two more matches, and the, that whole segment pretty much went an hour with a few commercial breaks. But, you know, the, the thing with Titus O'Neill when he was, you know, throwing up, the primetime players and the real Americans had a little thing going on. Then you had Truth and Xavier Woods, who have become a team now. Now they got some issues with tons of funk and over the funk of Dactyls, and that's a little tag team. But I think we're starting to see little bits of what we saw in the 80s and the 90s. And they're kind of bringing it back. And from what I understand, from what I've been reading, is that 2014 apparently is going to be very tag team heavy. And what I mean by tag team heavy is that we're going to see tag teams have an important role on the show in storylines. Even to the point where WWE and Triple H, more importantly, who's a big fan of tag team wrestling, who has helped bring it back to where uh, – to to where it was basically dead 10 years ago, he wants to do a tag team tryout camp at the WWE Performance Center for the NXT guys and maybe take some NXT guys and kind of mold them into tag teams and eventually bring them up to the main roster. But tag teams that are on the indie scenes, there's apparently a rumor that he wants to do somewhat of an open camp tryout sort of thing with those teams. So I think it's a great idea, and I think it will definitely add some – It'll, it'll definitely be a mix of different styles of tag teams that could be brought into the company or from NXT as well. You can't just have the same looking guys. And I think that's what we miss, at least you and I do, from the, you know, the era that we grew up in is that guys were so much different as far as their look goes. Not everybody was a chisel and a bodybuilder. I mean, we had, the, the tw- like I said, the Twin Towers earlier. Akeem and the big boss man. They were big guys. They were monsters. They were they were fat guys. And then you had the Rockers, who were good-looking, very athletic, not chiseled to the bone. But then you had the Brain Busters and Demolition. You had different looks. Not everyone could be the same. And I think that's what Triple H is trying to incorporate with the tag teams as well, not being so chiseled, but having somewhat of a different look. I mean, Brodus and Pensai, they're not exactly, you know, Jack Boulain when they come down to the ring. But they are big, heavy-set Monstrous looking guys So I think Coming up Tag team wrestling wrestling Is going to have More importance In the WWE And it's going to be A part of Major storylines And at the forefront And like I said It's going to be From what I'm hearing It's going to be Very tag team heavy Coming into the Year 2014
3: And tag team wrestling Is is so entertaining And you know That's the right way To do it You know You're going to have People You know From the get go uh, You know Having them Set up as a tag team I, I mean Tag team wrestling, you need to have chemistry with your partner as much as it's sports entertainment and it's scripted or predetermined however you want to look at it they, there needs to be a certain chemistry level between you and your partner and some of these uh you know prefabricated tag teams will just throw two guys together you can tell that like you know it, it's just it's kind of run of the mill tag team wrestling, but now you're getting some real good, solid tag team wrestling, and I think part of it is you know you're seeing guys that weren't really I mean some guys who had a little bit of a singles run but you know you're seeing guys that you're primarily like the fans know them as a tag team you know the Usos you just know those guys you only know those guys as a tag team uh, the Shield you know they're a faction but you know they're they're kind of a t- they're a team you know them as a team you don't know them so much as as an individual success you know the primetime players you kind of know them. As as a tag team, so I, you know, that whole thing where you just know guys, because again, we talk about the '80s. You know, guys came in as tag teams. You knew them as tag teams, not hey, we just grabbed two random guys and threw them together. And and I'd like to see more of that. And one of the things that I think has really helped, you know, we had the champs uh, a little while ago, and we had uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan, and that was one of those fabricated tag teams where you you know took two established singles guys, put them together. And you know maybe that was like one of the last, at least championship tag teams of that ilk that we'll see for a little while. And and don't get me wrong, I think that worked. Um, but I do like seeing teams that are really teams, and they're not uh, at least while they have the title, not looking for singles aspirations. And I, I think a lot can be said for as as you stated, Dave, when you're seeing a tag team championship match. Uh, main event. When you you got to look at the top of the heap right now, as far as this resurgence in tag team wrestling and what Rhodes and Goldust have been able to do as a tag team. Now, granted, Rhodes has had some success as a singles competitor, and Goldust, although he's not been around for a while, had a lot of success as a singles competitor. But these two guys, being brothers, the chemistry is there between these two. These guys know how to put on a hell of a match, know how to work a match. Um, it's been very impressive to see I mean these guys right now very deserved of Of having the titles they, they are One of if not I mean you can argue But they're the best tag team out there And you know when you look at the two of them You know as much as Cody Rhodes is amazing Cody Rhodes is an athlete Cody Rhodes is entering You know the prime of his wrestling career But you know the unsung hero In all of this right now And I really feel like we haven't discussed it a lot, but he really deserves a shout-out. Goldust has been absolutely phenomenal since coming back to the WWE. What he's been able to do as far as, first off, selling the angle of uh, you know, getting his job back and, and just the emotion right there and just his, his promo work has been great. But, oh my God, what he's been able to do in the ring... And I don't think we're talking hyperbole when we say that this may, be, this may be the best gold dust we've ever seen. And that is unbelievable to say. I know that the commentators love to, when a guy comes back or there's an older guy in the ring, and they love to say, you know, to kind of sell things, oh, I think this is the best that, that he's, he's ever looked. And, and generally that's not the case. However, we're looking at dust who's probably, what, 44, 45 years old, um, history of of health issues through like substance abuse and I I am absolutely floored every time I see this guy in the ring over the past few weeks that he looks like he's in the best shape of his career and he is putting on the best matches of his career I, there's not enough positive I could say about Goldust Dave he just looks absolutely phenomenal right now
1: yeah he, yeah, I would totally agree with you 100. percent I mean, I've seen, I saw him live in person at an indie show right before the battleground pay per view that he had. I mean, hell, his match with Randy Orton when he tried to get Cody's job back was a phenomenal match. He's always been very talented. It's just been, like you said, he's had some past history with substance abuse and 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 hurting his body, you know, health wise. Um, another example I could bring up of how great he's looked. I was at the Like I said, I was at the SmackDown tapings last week. He was in the ring for over an hour. Over an hour. We had a tag team match. That match started as a tag team match. Then it turned into a six-man tag. Then it turned into a 12-man tag. He was in there for over an hour in a leather suit, running around, jumping around with guys that are half his age. I mean, it's a testament to show what kind of great shape he's in, number one. Number two that he could hang with the young guys, hell, even outperform some of the young guys in that ring. So, to me, if we're going to do an award for, like, a comeback of the year, he's hands down. There's nobody behind him, at least in my opinion. He, is, he has put on some of the best performances of his career. He has looked at his best in the ring physically since, since I can remember. Honest to God, I've never said that about Goldust. I've always thought he's been a very talented, entertaining guy. I've, I've been one of the very first to say it, that he was the one that really kick-started the Attitude Era. He was a precursor to the Attitude Era. I will stick by that. It's funny how Michael Cole says that a lot now on TV. After I've been saying it, I wonder who Michael Cole listens to every Monday night before he goes out to the broadcast booth on Raw. But anyhow, he's just been phenomenal. And the rumor is, is that... They're planning on splitting him and Cody up and doing something with him and Cody at WrestleMania. Him not as Gold but him as his actual Dustin Rhodes. Um, and that would be the end of his run with WWE. I, to be honest with you, if I were Vince McMahon or Triple H, I'd say, you got a job, like, for good. Because he's, I, I can't tell you how great it's been to watch him in the ring, just his matches itself. Maybe they embellish the Gold Duff character a little bit more. Um, and and add some bizarreness to the team with him and his brother because it just it just, he just seems like Dustin Rhodes coming out looking like Goldust. He doesn't really add any kind of of the Goldust character to it. Maybe they will do that later on down the line. I don't know, but I've enjoyed everything he's done.
3: Yeah, and it could be a case. I mean, you know, they they really should revisit. You know, it could be a case you're bringing back Goldust, the storyline. You know, you write it out. All right, you know, we'll do this, then we'll we'll let us, uh ride off into the sunset. But, I, I mean, you know, I, excuse the pun, but you, you got gold right now. I, I mean, here's a guy that, I mean, and still, I I cannot believe that we're talking about a 44-year-old man. We're talking about him, but, I mean, it looks like he's got 10 years left, at least. I, it just, it, it really, it floors me every time I see him in the ring, and and to look just you know, that short term and say Alright, we're going to go to WrestleMania, we'll split the two Of them up, brother versus brother And, uh, you know, then Goldust will leave You know, I, I think that's a little Short-sighted right now, from what He's given you Like I, You know, I'm not disillusioned In saying that uh, Goldust should Be vying for the WWE or, or the World Championship Or the Unified title However that may play out, and we'll get into that A little bit later on but uh, he's a guy right now that, you know, if, if you split them apart, if you have them have a match at WrestleMania, I mean, that would be awesome. And I think you really, with the, the chemistry these guys have as a team, you have a potential show stealer when you're putting uh, Goldust or, or Dustin versus Cody. Uh, but going down the road, you know, to help out some of the younger guys, I mean, I, I would float Goldust through the roster, have him run a program surrounding the, the U.S. title as surrounding the uh, Intercontinental title. Uh, you know, have them just, like, like you said, you know, we talked about the tag teams and, you know, there were teams that just had rivalries with each other, not surrounding the belt. Have Goldust have, have a rivalry with a, a younger guy to help him along. I, I just, what we're seeing out of him, I, I just think they really should start, and, and again, we have no idea, but if they were thinking short term, I think you you look long term with him now. I, you know, I I keep him on at least another year. Uh, it just it, and again, I I still can't believe. You know, when you talk, when you say things like "sky's the limit" or you know, "can't wait to see what the future holds" or things like that, you're generally talking about guys half his age, and and he's out there just just busting his ass week in and week out. And like I said, when we had. Look at tag team wrestling and look at the resurgence of tag team wrestling. You know, you look at the top, and you look at what the top team is doing. And uh, a lot of that has to do with what Goldust is bringing to the table. We've talked a ton over the years on this show about different titles and and how, you know, other titles need a rub, how we'd love to see the IC title come back to some prestige, uh, have the U.S. title regain some of their, their... Uh, historic prestige a guy like Goldust either winning one of those straps or at least entering the feud for one of those straps could potentially continue to lift those titles up you know I would just to me there's so many places you could put Goldust Dave
1: Yeah, I mean, he's synonymous. You know, his first singles championship he won in the WWE was the Intercontinental Championship, and in the fashion that he won it by beating Razor Ramon at the Royal Rumble in 1996. That's that's one of the most talked about rivalries and one of the most talked about moments in wrestling history, um, just based on the fact that his character was so ahead of its time at that time, and how it just really caught viewers' attention on how bizarre he was and, and how much he pushed envelope and then just to take the Intercontinental Championship from you know a guy like Razor Ramon Scott Hall who was one of the most popular characters in the WWE at that time um, he definitely has some history with the Intercontinental Championship that they can allude to and at the same time having a name like him attached to that title working with somebody else it would make sense and it would it would help further along the talent that he's working with as well as the championship itself that has been in desperate need for many many years now of being the you know the the Having importance to it like we talked about with the tag team championships, and maybe they will do maybe maybe that title will have more importance if the unification takes place or not we'll get into that later on in the show but Goldust, around for the WWE um, even in even in a capacity as, as being a trainer at one point you know a couple of years ago he was working with the girls he was the trainer for the for the divas backstage he was the agent that worked on all their matches um, you could send him down to NXT and work with the talent down there having a name like Goldust appear in the NXT TV taping, working with somebody like a you know a, a, a Solomon Crowe or a um, a Sami Zayn or whoever, you know it's just some of the a, Adrian Neville, just some of those names. You can have them get the rub from working with him. He could be used in so many different ways to help the talent out and help the future of the WWE and the wrestling business in general just by being in the company itself. So I'm, a, I mean. I've heard short term, but I'm on board for him being long term, as long as it's as long as it's beneficial to him and the company.
3: Yeah, it's just pretty amazing to watch a guy, and kudos to him. You know, uh, it's not easy, and and we've seen, you know, we've seen the damage that that substance is uh, do to people, and uh, you know, we've seen, you know, I mean, pat him on the back, but you know, you see guys like Jake the Snake and Scott Hall trying to get clean, and and. Uh, you know hanging out with ddp and and doing that and and you know you just look at their bodies and they just they they're beat up and you know like I mean, what Goldust has done is is just it, it's remarkable it really is remarkable how he has just completely turned himself around and and you know uh kudos to him stay clean if you're listening uh you know, keep up the good work, and and I would love to see Goldust uh, stick around for a while longer. I mean, he's he's got the family, he's got the lineage, um, as you've said, and and you are a hundred percent right because I'll be honest with you, and I and I'd love to take credit for it, but I got to say, Dave, you're the first one I ever heard uh, legitimately give credit to Goldust for uh, uh, starting, or at least being the precursor to the Attitude Era, and. Yeah, it has been interesting how how uh, we we've heard that that statement kind of a little bit more on TV. So uh, again, maybe someone in Stanford's listening. Who knows? But kudos to uh, Goldust, and you know maybe we'll maybe we'll throw one out there. But uh, yeah, if we did a, a comeback comeback wrestler of the year award, uh, you know it's one of those few awards as as we we start going and we get some of the nominations out there that uh, I, I don't even think it would it would be worth putting up nominations. I don't think anyone comes close. It's just been that. Phenomenal and, and extraordinary what Goldust has been been doing. So kudos to Goldust. 347 838 is the number to call. We're going to get to you right after the break. Remember, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com, slash the Ken Reedy Show. Right now, again, we're doing our year-end awards. We're going through our nomination process right now on the Facebook page. Match of the year. And so far, our buddy Tony has, has voted for a Punk versus Lesnar at SummerSlam. And Mike Lancaster has given us AJ versus Bully at BFG. So get on there right now. If your match isn't listed, get on there and get your votes in. Or if your match is listed, get more votes for that match so it gets the nomination. But That is up there right now on the Facebook page. Again, that is facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. As I said, we're going to get to your calls very shortly right after the break, but right now. It is time for the Day 5 50 News Report.
1: Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report. Only heard every Monday night at the top of the hour here on the Ken Reedy Show. Our top story this week. The Wrestling Observer reported today that currently there are zero plans in the WWE to have CM Punk and Daniel Bryan feud, let alone have a match for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 30. They did say, however, that the possibility of a CM Punk-Brock Lesnar SummerSlam rematch is a likely option if creative does not have other plans for Punk. They also noted that a Triple H-Daniel Bryan singles match is a possibility on the card, stemming from a recent promo Triple H cut on Daniel Bryan, noting that he wasn't a big enough star to face him. Expect the top WrestleMania 30 matches, and direction of the cards become clearer as January approaches. Speaking of WWE creative, PWInsider.com reported last week that creative plans after the Survivor Series pay-per-view were suddenly changed, causing a panic among the writing team. Firstly, with The Big Show, who replaced Daniel Bryan in the top spot in the main event. Creative had Big Show penciled in to face Triple H, stemming from the finish to the WWE Championship match at the Survivor Series to take place at this month's TLC pay-per-view. Now, with Big Show being written off of television due to a storyline concussion, those plans have changed. Secondly, with a John Cena World Heavyweight Championship title retention taking place at the Survivor Series. Creative allegedly penciled in Biggie Langston to challenge Cena for the World Heavyweight Championship and turn heel at the TLC pay-per-view. But as we all saw last week, Cena and Orton will meet instead in a TLC ladder match for both the WWE Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship. Overall, it looks like WWE Creative has hit the panic button for whatever reason, unbeknownst to all of us. TNA issued a press release last week regarding a new Japanese television deal. TNA will now air Impact Wrestling as well as its monthly one-night-only pay-per-views and the four Big Four live pay-per-views. The company signed a new multi-year agreement with the Nippon Television Network, or NTV. Impact can be seen every Saturday night at 10 p.m. on NTV. The network first began airing Impact in January of 2013 on a trial basis, but now has taken TNA on board as a regular part of the format of the network. Ring of Honor star, or should I say former Ring of Honor star, Davy Richards, announced this week that he has parted ways with the company for good and was pulled from the upcoming Final Battle Internet pay-per-view by Ring of Honor. Conflicting stories have come up regarding his departure, citing unprofessionalism, and some in the locker room state he has burned way too many bridges with the company and his departure is a relief to the dressing room and the company as a whole. The report did say, however, that his recent WWE NXT tryout with American Wolves tag team partner Eddie Edwards was not a reason for his departure, and Ring of Honor knew of his interactions with the WWE for a while now. Regardless of what you read in wrestling, there's three sides to every story. My version, your version, and the truth. And our final story this week, TMZ.com, not one of the most reliable sources for news, but it's news nonetheless, reports that former TNA personality and daughter of former TNA executive slash WWE Hall of Famer Hulk Hogan, one Brooke Hogan, called off her engagement to Dallas Cowboys player Phil Costa. The article states that Brooke recently moved back to L.A. to finish a new album. Wrestling on Fire fans Check it out Wrestlingonfire.com Ken Reedy Ray Ray Mars All the action of Wrestling on Fire Check out the latest episode Of Wrestlingonfire.com And I don't have to plug it every week But I do Because it's a labor of love of mine But The Gun Show Season 9 YouTube Slash The Gun Show Web TV And my favorite place to go to When I need my Professional wrestling memorabilia fix Ken's Cards and Collectibles 27 Mill Street Berlin, Connecticut The best in NBA MLB NFL, NHL, and professional wrestling memorabilia. He buys, sells, and trades. Anything wrestling, he's got it. Go like Ken's Cards and Collectibles on Facebook. And there you have it, my friends. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard every Monday night at the top of the hour, only on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you.
3: Great stuff, as always. And let's get right back into it, talking wrestling and as we're getting prepared for Monday Night Raw, remember, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Go out there on Facebook, facebook.com slash Show. Uh, we got Triple H versus Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 29. Mike Ferrara added that to the list of nominations for Match of the Year. Get on there right now. Get your votes in for Match of the Year. As we head into Monday Night Raw tonight, lots of, you know, it seems like there's, there's a lot of... Uh, I don't want to call them issues, uh, things swirling about as far as uh, WWE creative things scrambling. Uh, you know, uh, you're hearing stories of, of uh, you know perhaps jobs in in jeopardy. Uh, you know, uh, crazy stuff, Dave. But I think we got to say, it, as fans, you know, over the past month and a half, two months or so, uh, the, the create creative's been spotty at best. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I would have to agree. I mean, the you can you can go back as far as the I would say the battleground pay per view when you have the the non finish to a to a championship match and your main event with Big Show interfering and the, the there's no champion award, and then you can go to the lackluster build for Survivor Series with. You know, the, the just not enough emphasis and importance put on it, and just stuff seemed to have been thrown together. Um, rematches from the hell. I mean, they, they seem to have done a good job with the hell in the cell pay-per-view in terms of hyping it up and bringing importance to it. I had Shawn Michaels as the referee, and John Cena's big return. But, I don't know, it just seems like they've been in a holding pattern for a little while. It, I, I thought, to be honest with you, we talked about it before. WrestleMania season is always a fun time for wrestling fans because WWE seems to hit the mark creatively. This past year, I don't think they were the greatest at that, and I think this WrestleMania was a little underwhelming. Um, it certainly wasn't better than the previous years, and it seemed like probably I'd say around like from June to August, they really hit the mark. I mean, the payback pay-per-view was awesome. Money in the Bank was probably, in my opinion, was the best pay-per-view of the year. One of my favorite pay-per-views, SummerSlam, was awesome with the with the Triple H turn and Randy Orton cashing in the Money in the Bank and the, the Punk Lesnar. And then they were kind of coming off the heels of that, going into Night of Champions and then after the finish at Night of Champions and then the way things went down, it just kind of went, whew, I would say downhill, but they weren't hitting their stride creatively, in my opinion. And there was some good stuff that they could have done with some of the things they were doing, but, like, they made Big Show a, crier, a crybaby. And that, to me, like, he was, he's the biggest guy on the roster, and you're going to turn him into a crybaby? I could understand, like, that one time when he didn't want to punch Dusty Rhodes and, and, and uh, you know, he almost lost his job there. But every week they made him cry, and it was just, it was just depressing to watch him in some ways because it didn't really do anything. Like, what's the payoff? Where is his payoff been? He hasn't gone after Triple H at all. Maybe that will change, but he, he got a title match with Orton and lost. Like it was like almost like they set him up to be buried. And I think that creatively speaking, if we want to talk about panic, um, I think the Orton Cena, you know, ladder match, you know, idea for December pay per view is hitting the panic button in my opinion. And I mean, we can elaborate further, but I said this last week. December pay-per-views don't draw too well because it's the holiday season. And that's why I think this was done. And I think it's a little bit of a bait-and-switch idea, in my opinion. I think they're going to bait you into buying this pay-per-view because they're going to tell you that there's going to be one champion at the end of the night, but they might go with some sort of screwed finish to eventually set something up down the road for a possible unification. And we could talk about that further.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it's funny because I think that they've teased it now and like you're saying you know you have these non-finishes and are we going to have another non-finish totally agree with you with big show and one of the things you know you learn and i would like with with you know studying acting for a while you know when when women cry women cry it, it's it's a it's cathartic uh you know women you know show their emotions more regularly um when a man cries it's it's, he's broken It's like the last Like men will fight crying As, as, as hard as they can So when, when a man cries It really should be like The, the, the last bit of self control Has just gone And he's just a broken man And like you hit the nail on the head If he cried that one time When he had to hit Dusty It would have been brilliant But when a guy cries every week, it goes from being dramatic to being a crybaby pretty quickly. And, you know, that that really wasn't working. And when we go into now this, this unification, where is creative going to go with this? I think at some point, if you're teasing it, if you've brought it, you've stuck it in our heads now. You've made us think about and a lot of wrestling fans have salivated over the idea for a long time. There has to be a unified champion coming soon, if not out of the next pay-per-view, um, sometime soon after that. But like, like you said, Dave, we keep bringing up these pay-per-views with these, these screwy finishes. You know, Are we looking forward now to a December pay-per-view where they're teasing a, a unified champion or at least a uh, a one champion uh how they put it you know i know they're being they're not saying the word unified um you know what kind of finish do we have going into this pay-per-view because like you're saying another pay-per-view with another non-finish you, you you're going to start to alienate some fans
1: yeah and you know like you said that they're being real careful with using the wording and uh You know, they haven't said unification. They've teased it. They've alluded to it, but they have never actually come out and said that the match would be unified. They would unify the title. Uh, Case in point, when I was at the SmackDown tapings last week, they taped WWE main event right before SmackDown. And usually on the main event show, which I don't watch much, but usually on the WWE main event show, they will air a Michael Cole sit-down interview with Triple H from WWE.com and Triple H had done one of those interviews and he had said they put it up on the video screen and he had said that the brand extension is obsolete, it doesn't exist anymore, the company doesn't need two champions anymore, when you think WWE when you think wrestling, you think one champion, one company, one champion and that's what we're going to get at that pay-per-view is one defined champion. So, I, I don't know if maybe tonight they will allude to it being unification, or we're going to get some sort of whack job finish where both titles are hanging and Cena and Orton hang from the thing that holds the belts. And Orton grabs Cena's title, and Cena grabs Orton's title. They both fall at the same time, and it's almost like we got a tie. Each one's a new champion, but they lost their belts at the same time, so it's almost like they, you know, they traded. I wonder if we're going to get that, and then maybe eventually lead to a title unification at WrestleMania. Because if you did something like that, uh, here's the pros and cons of it. If you did something, if you did a finish like that, where both guys grabbed each other's belts, they both fell off the thing, and they're on the ground, and they both got possession of, you know, each other's titles, you could set something up of eventually, down the road at like a WrestleMania for a unification match. However, a finish like that to a pay-per-view is not pleasing to wrestling fans. You want to see a definite winner. You don't want to see a tie. I mean, when I was a kid, and this is the God's honest truth, when I was a kid, Lex Luger and Bret Hart tied in the 1994 WWF Royal Rumble match. I didn't want to see a tie when I was a kid. I wanted to see one winner. And they closed the show with showing the replay over and over again of both guys falling over the top rope, and the camera angle couldn't determine whose feet landed first. So so Jack Tunney gave them a tie. I don't want to see a tie in a pay-per-view match. I want to see a definite winner, at least this wrestling fan does. And I'm sure most wrestling fans do too. So that's the con in the fact that if you're going to do a finish like that, you should put the – I mean – it's smart booking in the sense that you book this match to get people to buy the pay-per-view, the old bait-and-switch routine, but at the same time, you're going to anger a lot of fans if you do a finish like that on pay-per-view with some sort of tie um, with, with both guys grabbing each other's belts. This, this would be better served to, like, maybe a Raw, to be honest with you, or maybe they did or maybe they do, like, a, a, a two-hour, you know, like a Saturday night's main event kind of special or something like that where they unify the belt on TV, I mean they're, they're always talking About ratings, how they want big ratings For the television shows They they build pay-per-views to television Instead of television to pay-per-views Why don't they just put this match on Raw And have it main event to Raw I, I, I mean, because I have a feeling We're going to get some sort of weird finish at the pay-per-view That's going to leave a bad taste In wrestling fans' mouths
3: I mean I'll tell you, as soon as they Said, uh That both championships are going to be suspended Above the ring Um, That what you said Was exactly now we'll see how everything Plays out I'm not going to get into Predictions until like you know we do Our special pay-per-view pregame show But you know To me as soon as they said that I'm like they're going to they're going to grab each other's belts That was my gut reaction We're going to see another uh, Kind of non-finish and uh You know, I hope that's not the case, and I I hope they deliver, and if it's a non-finish, I hope they do something where, you know, maybe Triple H comes out and says there has to be a winner. Um, Who knows? But uh, as soon as, you know, he said both titles suspended above the ring, that's what I thought, that we're going to have some sort of screwy finish. But I think one of the things that's interesting, and and Triple H says, uh, you know, said that the brand extension is obsolete, we need one champion. You know, do we need one champion? Is one champion a good idea? Um, you know, looking at looking through everything, what are the pros and cons as far as having one champion, uh having both title belts? Uh it's an interesting debate. Uh not everyone believes that there should be a unified champion. What do you guys think? Do you guys think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? What are the pros and cons of having a unified WWE champion? 347838 3, 8, Nine eight one five. As we get ready for Monday Night Raw, give us a call. Let us know what you think about the potential of a unified champion. And right now, we're going to go out to the phones. We got Tony on the line. Tony, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm not bad, not bad. All right. So yes, um my thoughts on the uh, unification. It's definitely long, long overdue. But uh, you know. It's, uh, as soon as they at it the last week, you know, it's like, but, so, oh, the belts are going to be hanging above the ring. It's just like, I, I w- with the way the company, with the way the creative team or whatever has been uh, running them late, I can really, t- I can see, you know, I can totally see it's you know, like one guy grabbing the other belt and they're do- doing another non-finish. And, I mean, and, you know, I, was like, I hate to say it, but, you know, it's like, it seems like they're trying to, to drive fans away because it's like even the the last two Raws have been horrifyingly bad. I mean it's like it's almost to the point where I wanted to throw a freaking brick at the TV. It's like jeez. you know. So it's it's just like and even you know it's like the Survivor Series. Survivor, Survivor Series was freaking oh like I mean it wasn't a bad show but the fans chanted boring. You know during the big show. Some bitch. Yeah, I
3: mean, I think that 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 pay-per-view, you know, that was a You know, that pay-per-view, you know, there And again, getting back to, like, creative I I think that really goes back to The lead-in and the build for that pay-per-view Because I I didn't think Match for match I didn't think it was horrible But it didn't give me a lot to get Excited about Either, so, you know It was one of those things that, uh You know, maybe if the build going into Survivor Series Was a little bit better, maybe, uh you know, we would have enjoyed it a little more. I mean, wrestling fans are wrestling fans. I, I mean, I don't know what Big Show is who he, he is. I didn't think that match was was horrible. It was it was what I kind of thought we'd see at a at a Big Show and, and Randy Orton. Um, but I, I kind of you know when when you start talking, and I agree with you, Tony. I, I'm 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 you know like I said, I think they're headed for a a kind of a screwy finish, which is is not what wrestling fans really want to see. And you know, it's funny because, you know, we've talked about it and, and wrestling fans are are, are funny. And, and, you know, the three of us right here, you know, we're the types that like, bad wrestling is better than no wrestling. And we're big wrestling fans who continue to watch. But, you know, how many fans out there are just, you know, as they're forking over their, you know, 55 bucks for that pay-per-view. How, you know, over the course of the last half of this year when you're having, like, screwy finishes to pay-per-views, you know, how many wrestling fans are going to continue to say... You know, yeah, I'm gonna pay for this pay per view. I mean, I I could see like more and more wrestling fans kind of saying, you know, pe- wrestling fans that watch every pay per view, like kind of scaling back and saying, All right, you know, maybe we'll just buy the big four and we won't watch the other ones, or we'll wait and see what the build is and and maybe not buy. But um, you know, I, I do think as much as this isn't a big pay per view, it's big in a sense that you've hinted. To a unified champion, and if you don't deliver on a, a unified or, or one champion, however you want to word it, um, you know I, I do think it's it's going to hurt. I think a lot of wrestling fans are going to feel a uh, a bit alienated and a bit screwed, if you will, uh, if they have a screwy type finish. I'm curious, Tony, though, are you in support at least of of the championships being unified? I,
2: well, yeah, like I say, I'm I'm on all for uh, uh, you know, having one world title, you know, like I say, because it's been, it's been a while, because, like I say, you know, like, the brand extension was, you know, like, it was, the brand extension has been pretty much dead for years now, so it's like, you know, having two titles, having two titles was kind of, you know, didn't really make like a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely all for unifying the titles, but, you know, it's like, I really feel like, you know, it's like, they they just kind of hot-shotted it. They were just like, oh, okay, yeah, TLC, we're going to unify the belts. It was like, you know, and it's like, they didn't really give it any hype. I mean, you know, it's like, what I would have done is, I was like, I would have done a unification match. You know, like, do it at the Rumble and have the winner face the uh, challenge the unified champion, the winner of the Rumble versus the, the undisputed champion of WrestleMania. I mean, that would, that would make more sense than just hotshotting into this. You know, and, and if, they, if they do a unification match at WrestleMania, what's the point of the Rumble? Was the one going to do, point to the Extreme Rules banner? Well, you know.
3: I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're all good questions, you know. But again, we talking about creative, you know, it seems that they've been a bit Off as of late and and you know honestly As we talked about earlier in the show I mean thank God for Tag team wrestling right now Because that seems to be uh, Carrying the shows like, at least like Between the ropes you know the tag team Action ha- has been phenomenal but, but you're right you know As you're getting ready as you're Moving into Wrestlemania Season and Wrestlemania 30 You know the the biggest, the biggest so far, the biggest anniversary so far, and you're you're teasing the the unification at TLC. You're right, it did seem kind of thrown together. Even like you know something unique uh, would have been interesting if they had you know uh, if both guys say held the belts and uh, you know John Cena decided he was going to enter the Royal Rumble and wound up winning and saying you know I'm going after it. At least that would have been. Something a little more dramatic. It did seem to come out of, you know, oh wow! I I mean, I, you know, when you saw those two guys having those belts, I, I thought that there was at least a possibility of them unifying it. But um, it did seem to kind of come out of nowhere. You know, if you had to fork over Tony right now, going into TLC, um, and and you had to your next paycheck, your next wad of cash, and you were gonna bet. Whether there's going to be a a definitive finish or something out of left field, like what do you think is going to happen to TLC?
2: I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to see some kind of we're going to see some kind of scurry finish because it's it's like a, you know, it's because they, they seem they seem to be they seem to be uh, on a kick for those it's it's just like it's there's going to you know it's like okay yeah yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I, I can totally see you know them swapping titles, and then it's like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? It's like, hey, okay, thanks for throwing away your forty-five or fifty-five bucks. Tune in tomorrow night on Raw to see what happens. You know, because it's like, you know, because they've been treating the pay-per-views secondary for I don't know how long now. You know, so it's just like, that's why, you know. It's like the other thing is like if they get the if they if they if they get this network off the ground, you know, I, I know like all like the, the filler pay-per-views. I think. Are supposed to be or, or will be uh, on there, and I, I have seen that the uh, the Classics on Demand channel is, is going to be uh, they're going to be doing away with that on um, the last day of January. So I don't know if that means the network is closer to uh, ex- uh, coming to life or what, but I guess if they uh, you know yeah the, the pay per views really haven't meant haven't meant anything for the most part. You know it's like you know, so it's like you know, it's like, why, why even bother to try to get the fans to, you know, you know to spend the, to spend them, you know, spend that much on them? It's like it's, you know, it's like, you know, it's like if you, if you can watch them on the network, you know, which is only fifteen bucks, it's like okay, fine, you know, it's like you can, you know, yeah, I'll watch it there. You're only paying fifteen bucks for the channel, but it's like pay-per-views and like every month, sometimes every, or sometimes like an October two in one month. It's, it's just, it's just too much, you know. It's, it's like we've been, you know, and they've really, they've really been. I mean, even like the way I see it, it like, it seems like they've been just like trying to say, you know, it's like it, it just seems like go, Vince is going out of his way to piss the fans off. It's
3: just, I mean, you, you'd like to you'd like to hope not, um, but it is, you know, it, it's tough to, you know, I don't know. I, I guess sometimes for wrestling fans, you know, you look at things and, and see, things seem to be like uh, an obvious choice, and, and you're right. I mean, they they go in the the opposite direction but it's uh i don't know man you know it's 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 tough Uh, you know and again like i said when you tease the idea of a unification um there are a lot of wrestling fans out there that that really want to see that and if you're going to tease that you you really kind of got to deliver on that and you know there are a lot of wrestling fans out there that and and unless it's like you know a five-star match and uh the finish is crazy and, and you know and, and then they wind up with you know each of them with a belt and so uh you know people are willing to look past the screwy finish but uh, i i don't know i think uh, you know, we're headed towards another pay-per-view where a lot of wrestling fans are not going to be happy uh, tony as always thank you so much for the call tony's our blogger check check him out on the com, the website blogs for raw smackdown and impact each and every week Thanks for us Mr. Call Tony, and we'll uh, talk to you next week.
2: Yep. Yeah, right. Right.
3: Take it easy, man. Thanks a lot.
2: Easy.
3: So I mean, Dave, like when we talk about the, this unification, and and you know I, I'm all for it, but you know there, there's always another side to the story. There's always going to be pros and cons. Um, you know, for me, the the pros really are just the uh, creatively and the idea. Of uh, there being really one guy at the top of the mountain, and I know that like the WWE title is definitely the most prestigious title, but having the two titles, it's uh, to me it's a little bit convoluted. And now with John Cena having the world title, that you know, which is the more important title? And I just like the idea of having one definitive guy at the top of the mountain. But like I said, Dave, there's, there's always two sides of the story. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree
1: with you in the sense that you know the, the the company should, with the brand extension being gone, there should be one champion. Um, it would only make sense if the brand extension was taking place in Raw and SmackDown were completely separate entities, and you didn't have guys crossing over each week, then you could have two separate champions. The pros in 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 um, in having the title unified in in the sense that you're going to have one guy, one champion, but it, you also got some guys that could, you know, some main event talent that could go down and elevate the United States title or elevate the Intercontinental title or maybe even form a short term tag team and elevate the tag team championship. I mean, um, by by, you know, we all talked about. It. I said this earlier, the Intercontinental Championship being, you know, a title that had so much importance back when we were growing up watching it. Now it's just kind of an afterthought, and a lot of people look at. This this version of you know the Intercontinental Championship, um, I'm sorry, excuse me, the World Heavyweight Championship being our version of the Intercontinental titles, the second biggest important championship in WWE, excuse me, but the pros in that is, is by having the the championship unified is that you can elevate the mid card and secondary titles. The con in that is that. The World Heavyweight Championship for the past 10 years has been used to give other main event talent some rub that can't get to the WWE Championship. It's also been used as a tool to see if guys can handle being in the top spot to eventually get to the WWE Championship. A lot of talent have worn the World Heavyweight Championship and then have gone on to become the WWE Champion. Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan both have been World Champion first before they ever or the WWE Champion. And that title seems to have been more of like a practice championship, so to speak, for talent that the company is looking at for the future and wants them to eventually be WWE champion and represent the company. That's the con in the fact that they won't have that title anymore. So if they're looking at talent, and there's a lot of main event talent up there. You have, you know, if you want to go true main eventers, guys that have headline pay-per-views, that are in top storylines that have been either WWE or World Heavyweight Champion, you can go John Cena, Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Big Show, Rey Mysterio, Undertaker, Triple H, Sheamus. I mean, I can. I, I probably can name a few more Del Rio, guys that are in top storylines. But the, if there's only one title, not all those guys can be involved in the championship mix over the course of a year. So you might see somebody like an Alberto Del Rio or a Daniel Bryan or a Rey Mysterio, you know, go down to the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship, or even future talent that they're looking at. I mean, we've been talking about it. Roman Reigns and Biggie Langston are, are in the, the radar of WWE to be big stars someday, and they're grooming them for that. Put it, giving one of them the World Heavyweight Championship would be a good grooming point to eventually see if one of those guys can carry the load of being the WWE Champion, which is being the man with the most prestigious title in the company. So, the con in this is that there's no grooming for them with the World Heavyweight Championship. There's no practice run. And it was also, in some ways, a consolation championship, too, for guys that they felt deserved a title, a World Heavyweight Championship, a main event championship, but they didn't want to give them the WWE title. And I think that's why Christian had a few short runs with, with the title and Rey Mysterio as well. They worked hard. They were very popular, but... They just didn't see them as WWE championship material and so they gave them the World Heavyweight Championship. So I I think that – I think, you said, there are pros and cons to it. It all depends on how everything plays out with whatever decision that they make. If they decide to unify the championships, then let's hope that they take the secondary titles and add more meaning to them by taking some of the main event talent and competing for those titles in the mid-card. If they don't unify the titles and they keep them separate, then you still basically are at what it is today, the status quo. It's two champions, one company. But I I truly believe eventually that they will get to that point where they will unify the titles, whether it's at this pay-per-view or going into next year.
3: What do you guys think? Three, four, seven, eight, three, eight, nine, eight, one, five. Do they unify the titles? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? What do you think going forward? Let's go out to the phones. We've got Mike on the line. Mike, are you there?
0: I am the best there is. I am the best there was. And I am the best that there ever will be. And Dave, the attitude era started with breath, the hitman heart. Yeah.
1: Really? At what point, may I ask? And this is just a friendly debate.
0: The point, point? The, the point, my friend, when Brett the Hitman Hart started with all that Canada and all that stuff, where he, and, he, and he exposed Vince McMahon for the owner of the WWE, that was something that nobody ever knew. He wasn't the owner. He was just a commentator on Monday Night Raw.
1: Okay, all right. Well, I can see where where your point is there, but that's also two years later than what Goldust was doing because at that time, in late 1995, early 1996, the WWE had characters like a garbage man, a clown, a plumber, a hockey player. They had all these cartoonish-like characters, and then you had Goldust, who was somewhat of a, I mean,
2: risk I guess gay, you could character. say in- Very risk,
1: very risque. Okay, so that was a couple of years before what Brett was doing, which in a sense would make that the precursor of what the attitude era really was. Well, then you so had that's the two years prior to what you were talking about.
0: But I also I also had I also thought that Brett Hart was uh, Bret, I know that, but I also thought that Brett Hart was a uh was what do you call it, was one of the people to start the attitude era. Especially that he, hey, he was always hungry for his title. He wanted his championship. And then you he go ahead.
1: But he, he helped. But keyword precursor.
0: I I think risque would be the uh, would be would be the the word. But he was part of the attitude era, of course. I thought I think do you Stone Precursor is. I yes I do. It's a, somebody that curses pre. Anyway, moving on, uh, moving on to, uh, to that and what you were talking about, one of the people that did not like to wrestle Goldust was Scott Hall because Scott Hall had a family, and the other guy who didn't mind putting, putting um, Goldust over was uh, Savio Vega. He, he didn't mind, he, he, and he actually helped uh, Goldust's career. So big shout-out to Savio Vega.
3: Salvio Vega started the Attitude Era.
0: No. He didn't <laughs> start the Attitude Era. But uh what do you call it? The Attitude Era ensued and, and then again the Attitude Era also took off with the Monday night Re- rewards. That was
1: great, a words. You can never shut up when you call. Now you're not speaking at all. What's going
0: on? I am, I am. I just I just said I just said what I just what I just thought. Listen, you guys you guys have been Great throughout the year, and uh, we've got awards coming up. Is there a Manager of the Year award? Because I want in. You know, <sighs> I want in. Who do you manage? Who do I manage? Well, let's see. Yeah, I manage the go. Fat Boys. I manage Magic. I've managed in UWA Elite. I've managed in ECPW, which, Ken, you, you're very familiar with ECPW. And Gino Caruso loves me down there. And I managed there. I managed BWO. I took a cane shot from Schaff this year. Hell, you know, I deserve something.
3: <laughs> sure, you know, why not? Call, we'll, we'll fill up call the category.
0: Caller call of the Year is going to Tony. So I don't care. I'll vote for Caller of the Year for Tony this year. Because Tony, if you're listening, Tony is a man, the best blogger in the business. crazy tonight, I tell you. Okay, like Dave. I want to let's talk about this, gold dust.
3: Let's, let's get this back on track a little bit. What are your thoughts on, on the, uh, the titles being unified?
0: I don't like it and it stinks. That's what I think. Jim Norton said it in Batman. Don't like it. I mean, the subs Spider-Man. Don't like it. He stinks. No, I don't like it. I think it's terrible. I think the idea, and we're losing everything, is that if we take away a world title and we unify it, Now we don't have the history of the Harley races or the Dusty Rose or the Ric Flair. It just goes down into the annals of time, and I don't think it's the right move. However, WrestleMania six, title for title, Hogan, you know, they were like, oh, he'll be the Intercontinental Champion. The old warrior will be the world champion. They did the right call. They had a tournament up for the Intercontinental Championship, and that's what I would do. I would not have... I would not have a unification. I think it stinks. I don't think it would work, but that's
3: my opinion. Hey, you're entitled to I mean, to me, like it, it's funny because when you talk about the history, and I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily look at it as um, like the history is gone. I would just think that it would be absorbed into this new title. So now the the, the lineage of the unified title would include... Uh, the the lineage of of the world title. Uh, so I, I I and again I guess it's how fans look at it. I wouldn't necessarily look at it as as killing the legacy as much as you're just almost combining uh, two legacies in the lineage of that championship. What do you think, Dave?
1: Well, if you remember correctly, and I I could be wrong, I know some people will probably correct me, but when they introduced the World Heavyweight Championship 10 years ago, when Eric Bischoff did, you know, he had made recognition that it used to be a title that was recognized in WCW in World Championship Wrestling. However... He said that there was no lineage behind that cha- that championship because the WCW championship was what it was, the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, which had lineage that went back to the NWA and the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. He said that when he brought that title in, that there was lineage that the lineage would begin that night. So technically, the lineage of that World Heavyweight Championship dates back to Triple H.
0: Well, oh, the best, award-
1: the best, the game, the, um, the man. Go ahead, Dave. Who was awarded that championship when Bischoff first introduced it? And if you if you want to go back and look at you know title histories, I think WWE.com has a history of championships, and there is not lineage to the WCW title or the NWA World Heavyweight title when you are talking about today's current World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. But they do talk about it at times, but it's never listed as a part of the lineage of the history of that title. So. I think that they kind of painted themselves into a corner when it came to that, because that championship was always recognized by seeing it around the waist of Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes and Sting and eventually Hulk Hogan and other names that, that WCW and Jim Crockett promotions, um, you know, promoted over the years, um, you know, that became WCW towards the end. But it, I just, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. It, The the lineage itself and everything that's surrounding the the possibility of this unification, I mean, like Tony said earlier, it felt kind of rushed, but they only have three weeks to build this pay-per-view. And last week was the first week. We got this week and next week, and that's it. So can I can understand why they hot-shotted it a little bit. But if you really want to go lineage, go, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's on there. WWE.com, you could probably take a look. And you'll see that Triple H was the first World Heavyweight pro, Champion. So, um, pro,
0: sorry to interrupt you, Dave, but Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I have it in my hand right now, and you're right. It, it dates the WWE World title, and it goes back to Triple H. He was the first champion to hold it because uh, – of Eric Bischoff.
1: And the, and the funny thing is, like I said, they've acknowledged that that title was a title that was worn around the waist of guys like Rick Flair, Dusty Rhodes, and all those other names back in WCW, the NWA Crockett days, but the lineage isn't listed there, which I just find to be so weird. And it just kind of, in my opinion, asks backwards if you're really trying to build up importance to this title, but you don't include lineage from the path of the same physical-looking championship as the one that everyone associates that title being.
0: And also, unification titles were done already. The matches were done. They were done years ago with Chris Jericho. He won the he won the two championships in one night. By golly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are correct. You know, I mean, and didn't in the Intercontinental Championship somehow get packaged at one time or something like that with Kane and Triple H or something?
1: It was yeah, I was retired for a little while.
0: Yeah, and then they then they brought it back because people missed the Intercontinental Championship. And by the way, Goldust was a three-time Intercontinental Champion. That's, that's unbelievable. It's crazy tonight. But uh, I can't wait for Monday Night Raw, and I'm looking forward to uh, to everything that's going on in that. Like I said earlier, I may mention to the voting. I, I voted for Chrissy Johnson this year, a good friend of mine, for um, Female Wrestler of the Year. I think she's very deservant of that honor. See, I have friends in the business somehow. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> hey, guys, what are you guys, hey, guys, what are you guys doing this Saturday night? I'll tell you what you're doing. Jersey Championship Wrestler makes its debut in Parlin, New Jersey, where we'll see wrestlers like, Pipples, Gary Wolf, Rhino, we'll see, um, what the heck is this? oh, I I know, uh, we'll see Matt Stryker, we'll see Mikey and uh, one of those so silly guys from the Nikki or somebody, Mikey and Nikki, I think they're going to be there, um, you'll see them, you'll see Rhino versus a good friend of mine, Kyle the Beast, so uh, Jersey Championship Wrestling, you can find them on my Facebook, at Mike Slash, Mike Ferrara, or go to Jersey Championship Wrestling, Dot com for all your
3: needs. Well, as always, Mike, thank you so much for giving us a call. We'll hope to hear from you next week.
0: Oh, I hope Manager of the Year comes up soon because I want to win Manager of the Year. Because, like I said earlier, Caller of the Year is going to Tony because Tony's a good man. But I'll talk to you oh, guys you soon. Grab. Hey, 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 Dave! Hey, Dave! Yeah. On a on on a good note, and I'm going to end tonight on a good note, Dave. Yes. <laughs> I'll just tell you this, manager of the year is going to go to Mike Ferrari. You say, don't hold my breath. I've been in the business my brother. I've been doing this. I've been managing guys. I've been out there. I've been taking my bumps. It's my time to shine. Yeah, okay. So you can manage Steve <laughs> off or whatever. You can manage Steve off, and I told you, BWO officers should be listening. You bring Steve off, I'll bring Magic, Magical squash Steve off in two seconds. Okay. Brother. You got it, pal. Okay, I'll yeah. uh,
3: talk to you soon. Have a nice week, brother. Thanks a lot, uh, Mike. All
0: right,
3: bye-bye. Yeah, it's definitely, a, the the World Heavyweight Championship has an interesting lineage, and I'm not even going to try to sit here and explain it, but if you want to go to our Facebook page right now, uh, facebook.com slash the Show, of course, get your votes in for Match of the Year, but I, I actually, uh, while this conversation was going on and going in all sorts of directions, as most calls from good old Mike wind up going, um, I found on Wikipedia there was actually a chart of the the, the actual lineage of of the championship, and uh, actually as it, as it comes to uh, exist right now, it's uh, considered a, a a splinter title. It's splintered off over there, so uh, there's just a flow chart right there if you want to look at the uh, lineage of the World Heavyweight Championship. So as you're saying, the um the history uh. You know maybe you know it's wrestling and you know people change history all the time so who knows I mean we may uh, kind of hear them talking about the history of the world championship belt even though uh, the lineage isn't officially there with that belt uh, um, but yeah as, as uh you know Mike was talking about the the history uh, we're not losing so much history with that so uh you know i I, I just like the idea of one champion I, I I think that's just the way it should be elevate the secondary. Titles to to be more prestigious But um that's That's the way it should be and as we go Into monday night raw tonight Uh we're looking at a uh, Contract signing Between uh randy orton And john cena um For me at least going into This looking at these two guys Um and i know That a lot of you out there and Look i like them too uh you got your CM Punk's and your daniel bryans Of the world who uh at least at this point in time are are not in that uh main event title picture but when i look at this era uh the, these these past 10 years or so give or take uh and i think about you know if potentially they're unifying it and and for me i just think they got to you've you've teased it you've hinted at it if you're not going to give me a unified champion then you you never should have opened your mouth about doing champion versus champion. But that being said, I think we have the right two guys for this era. For what this era is represented for the two guys who have have began, flourished, and uh, you know, to me are, are really the the two names that define the the past decade of the WWE. I look at Randy Orton and John Cena, so at least they got the two right guys in the match. Um, What do we see going into tonight? Contract signing, do we see something funky? Do we see, uh, you know, your typical contract signing tonight? Uh, Should be interesting to see John Cena and Randy Orton squaring off tonight, signing this pivotal contract, Dave.
1: Yeah. And I, I will agree with you. The two right guys, if it's a unification bout, if it's for, you know, everything, they're going to unify the titles, yes. These two guys are the right guys because they have represented this era. I mean – they both came in in 2002 onto the scene in the WWE, and it, they were both looked at as the future. And they have certainly portrayed the future very, you know, some good, some bad, in some, some in good, good ways and bad ways. They both, you know, have portrayed the future of the WWE. And if you really want to talk about what they represent, from 2005 till this point on, Randy Orton and John Cena, I don't have an exact number, but they have made a main event at just about every single pay-per-view the company has had, with the exception of the Tables, Ladders, and Chairs pay-per-view in December of 2011 when CM Punk was the main event of that pay-per-view. So over the past eight years, John Cena and Randy Orton collectively have owned the main event scene in the WWE when it comes to pay-per-views. So it makes a lot of sense that these two guys on both ends of the spectrum, the world title and the WWE title, are going to clash. And if it's a unification, it makes complete perfect sense. As far as tonight's contract signing goes, there's, contract signings never go well. There's always some talk, some big development takes place. I think we're going to see a little more of a rift going on between Triple H and Randy Orton. Where Orton's not going to feel as confident Going into the match With John Cena Because he doesn't feel he has Triple H's full support Um, I won't get into predictions Of what I think the finish is going to be But something's not going to end well And let's just hope this doesn't take place At the end of the show Let's start this off in the beginning And then move on to some other good stuff Um, I don't want this to be something That's going to drag on all night Then we get to the contract signing and boom But anyhow Wrestling contract signings are always, 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 they always go bad. Just like wrestling weddings, too. You never see anything good. Always something bad happens. So I think we're going to see some, you know, some furniture is going to get moved. Let me just put it to you that way.
2: Yeah,
3: that usually is the case. And I'm curious where they're going to go, and I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, there's always, there's that voice, that that, that that nagging voice that goes off in, inside my brain that I'm like, I, sh- I shouldn't talk about it, I shouldn't say it, but, you know, the... The the nagging, what we've heard for years and years in in the WWE. Cena heel turn. Oh no, I said it, I said it. I should have said it. I know I shouldn't have said it. But does something screwy happen we're down the road? You know, you keep seeing the dissension between the authority and, and Randy Orton. Uh you know, John Cena has been the golden boy, the face of the WWE. Do we see a flip flop there with the authority? It would be cool, so it means it probably won't happen, but I just decided to throw that out there. Um, it won't happen tonight. We'll probably see some furniture thrown. Maybe Cena gets a little bit of retribution on Randy Orton. Should be interesting to see. Lots of other developments that should be occurring on Monday Night Raw. You know, one of the things, you know, it's amazing the things that can happen in pro wrestling. I mean, they're, they're just, you, you never know. I mean, there are laws broken left and right on your television screen. It's amazing that these people are never, ever brought to justice. But we had another kidnapping. Uh, a pro wrestling kidnapping, Daniel Bryan taken by the Wyatt family. What are we going to see out of Daniel Bryan's character? The last time someone was kidnapped, Kane, he came back in a suit and was firmly supporting the authority. Um, What exactly has happened with Daniel Bryan? Are we going to see Daniel Bryan heel turn? Are we going to see Daniel Bryan join the Wyatt clan? Are we going to see Daniel Bryan join the authority? are oh, you just going to see an angrier Daniel Bryan? Uh, lots of uh, questions surrounding exactly where they're going to go with the Daniel Bryan character. Arguably the most popular wrestler of 2013, a victim of a kidnapping by the cult, the Wyatt family. Where does this leave the character of one Daniel Bryan, Dave?
1: I think you're going to see a more aggressive uh, somewhat of a tweener kind of role for Daniel Bryan. He's not good. He's not bad. He's just kind of pissed off a little more angrier. Um, I don't think he's going to be pandering to the crowd as much for the yes chance, but I think that this is eventually going to lead to him and triple H at WrestleMania. I think it will be revealed that at some point, the authority has something to do with his abduction, so to speak. Um, but I, I'm hearing rumors him and Bray Wyatt at TLC pay per view one on one. Um, a lot of the internet is probably going crazy over that. Um, so I think we're going to see a more aggressive, more angrier, more vicious Daniel Bryan that than we have seen um, in the past few months. But I don't think it's going to change anything too dramatic. <laughs>
3: I mean, it's interesting when you look at how dramatically Kane's character changed after an abduction. Uh, where exactly they might go with Daniel Bryan? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I can't even begin to, to speculate where exactly they're going to go with him. I mean, uh, you know, he's definitely look—he's real popular. He's not as hot as he was, um, and I'm not saying it's necessarily Daniel Bryan's fault. Um, it, it, it might be the way creatives using him, but. Uh, You know, it should be interesting to see what exactly we get at. Do we see Daniel Bryan tonight? Who knows? Uh, That that remains to be seen. Uh, Other things looking uh, into Monday Night Raw? I mean, what are some other storylines you're looking forward to seeing develop tonight, Dave?
1: Um, The CM Punk Shield stuff I'm kind of interested in. I mean, Punk took a beating from them last week, and it just so happens he had something to say about Triple H and his abuse of power or something along those lines. And The Shield, you know, has always been known to do the dirty work for the authority, and they came out and they laid out Punk. So I'm kind of interested to see where that's going and the history that the two have, because The Shield was introduced into the WWE because they helped CM Punk win, uh, you know, a few of his championship matches had an association with him you know, they were working for Paul Heyman. who was CM Punk's manager so there's a little bit of history there that they could bring um you know touch up upon but I think there I think it's going to eventually lead to Punk and maybe Randy Orton down the road you know he's going to have to go through the shield um in the authority to get to Randy Orton who's the, who is at this time is the WWE champion maybe if this match is a unification match and Orton wins all the belts, that eventually it leads to him and punk at some point, possibly at WrestleMania.
3: Yeah, I mean there's so many things and it's and it's really amazing, you know, as as we talk about the the seeds are definitely being planted uh heading into the WrestleMania season and I and I fully uh you know, I fully believe that they're, you know, going to ramp it up come WrestleMania season. Uh, you know, lots of stuff swirling around, and lots of, like, mid-card stuff. Uh, you know, definitely some good stuff we're seeing right now out of Biggie Langston, Langston. Big E, Langston, uh, Big e uh, the Intercontinental Champion. Um, you know, he's a guy that when we talk about potentially unifying the WWE title and the World Championship, you know, he might be the guy to you know, elevate that, that IC title to kind of bring it up. Uh, quite a specimen. Uh, he's a diamond in the rough, but like what I'm seeing so far. And, and I do like, you know, we, we've been a bit negative tonight, but I do like the pairing that they've done right now with Mark Henry. Definitely uh, should help uh, Biggie Langston. And, and who knows, maybe down the road a piece we see Mark Henry turn on Biggie, have them have a program. Maybe, maybe not. But as of right now, I'm kind of liking the pairing, Dave.
1: Well, yeah, I, I kind of like it too, and it gives um, it gives Biggie Langston some credibility being with a name like Mark Henry. Mark Henry's done a lot in WWE uh, over his 16-year career. I'm hearing rumors that there is talk of the two of them facing off at some point, possibly at the Royal Rumble. I don't know whether it would be for the Intercontinental Championship or if it's just to give Biggie a rub. But if Biggie Langston were to beat somebody as devastating, as brutal, as vicious as Mark Henry, then th- he would be probably the next – Mark Henry in some ways or the first B.E. Langston um just being that you know intimidating monster of a man but at the same time the different qualities that he has over Henry is that he's more athletic he's more agile he's quicker so he has that going for him but I think beating you know Henry's, you know he's on his last legs I think you know I I I'm hearing 3 years that he resigned for um you know back in the back in the summertime but I think uh you know, kind of passing the torch of his role of being that you know big intimidating, you know monster of a guy, passing it over to Biggie and having Biggie kind of you know defeat him and really make his mark that he's the new kid. You know, he's the new guy in the block and he's going to be making noise for years to come. I think that would that would help Biggie and would transition him nicely going forward in the rest of his career in the WWE.
3: Yeah, lots of stuff, you know, but I think with all the stuff we're talking about, we got contract signings, we're, we've got unification, we got uh, you know, where's the IC title, what's the Shield going to be doing, where's CM Punk, what is Daniel Bryant going to be, uh, Where where's his character at, um, but you know what, what I am really curious to see tonight, and hopefully they, they give us some clue, has Titus O'Neil's indigestion cleared up?
1: Oh God! Right. Let me read to you this way: what you saw on television wasn't exactly all of it. Okay, first of all, that segment probably went about you know 20 minutes too long. It was it was a good 10 or 15 minutes, and. You know, the, we were watching on the screen from where we were sitting, and he didn't—he didn't exactly get enough out into JBL's hat, if anything, um, when he threw up the first time. And then he kind of went over to the, uh, the 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 timekeeper's area, and he was stalling a little bit. I thought maybe he put something in his mouth to make himself throw up. And then you saw some of it on the back of Zeb Coulter's head. And, and Michael Cole got some of it on his face and it it was just a poorly executed. It was kind of funny, but at the same time, it was a poorly executed um, way of trying to put over um, the Cesaro swing and going along with the Thanksgiving theme, so to speak. So um, yeah, I was there in attendance and, It it went
3: on longer than it should have. Let me just put it to you that way. It was funny because I was watching it and it it was all like as soon as he started eating and they were doing the food, uh, eating contest in the back, I was like, he's going to throw up somewhere, somewhere he's going to throw up. But I, I never thought they would go as, as far as they did. And, uh, you know, I was, I was watching that, uh, with, with Michelle producer of the Ken Reidy show and, uh, She she actually had to leave the room Uh, She actually was starting To get the dry heaves Watching uh, uh, Titus puke All over the place So Yeah I don't know I mean it was funny at times But uh, I I don't know It's weird to me And maybe this is a debate And I'd be curious to to hear what you guys think And obviously on the Facebook page We'll have a raw chat going on So you want to continue this conversation there By all means But I do find it intriguing that we have a PG product and we have to have a, a kid-friendly product and yada 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 and all this stuff that you you can allow for someone to come out and and puke all over people and and that's that's okay and that's that's uh, kid-friendly television but you know once a year on a on a pay-per-view or for like a main event at a Hell in a Cell. You, you can't have a little blood I, You know, that to me, that those are I, I don't get it I'm not saying that every match over the course of the year Has to be a bloodbath But uh, when you're going Kid friendly I, I, I just feel like, you know You could give us a little bit of blood every now and again um, I, I, I don't know I, I just thought the puke was, was kind of gross But I don't know You know, who knows Debate it all you want over there on the Facebook Again, get your match of the year Uh, Votes underway right there Match of the year on on facebook.com Slash the Ken Reedy show Uh, Right now interesting nomination Uh, We got Four different matches nominated So get in there make sure your vote Your match gets nominated Uh, Interesting match just added Bob Scott Puts Gail Kim versus Taryn Terrell last Knockout standing at Slammiversary That was an excellent match So the ladies getting in on it right now Get over there get your votes in It is time for Monday Night Raw and gentlemen. Thank you all for tuning in For Dave I am Ken We'll speak to you next week Enjoy Monday Night Raw take care everybody